Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. First John chapter number four, and we're going to look at verses nine and 10 this morning. First John chapter number four, we're going to look at verses nine and 10 as we close out this year of 2021. And uh, next week, we'll pick back up on our series. We've been going through the book of Colossians, and we're just going to take a break for this week. Um, and we'll be in Colossians chapter number two uh, next week. And so uh, as we speak on being complete in Christ. But today, we're be in, we'll be in 1 John chapter four. Let's look at verse number nine. The Bible says this, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I want to preach on the subject this morning, the greatest gift ever given. The greatest gift ever given. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for who you are. God, we, as we get into your word this morning, as we close out this year, 2021, the last Sunday within this year, God, I believe it's fitting for us to speak of the greatest gift that was ever given. Lord, we received a lot of gifts and things over the last couple of days, but truly, you are the greatest gift that we ever, ever will receive. Lord, if there's someone here today that has never received the wonderful gift of salvation, never received Jesus Christ as their Savior, that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, and those that have already received this gift, would you help us to spread the gift and share the gift with others within our community? We love you. We're so thankful for you. I need you this morning. I pray that you would help me. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. Amen. Um, and uh, we had a wonderful time uh, of um, just spending time with family, wonderful food, and we had gifts, and those things are, are wonderful. But I remember as a kid, I always, when it came to gifts, I always wanted the biggest gift, right? If I, when I would see those gifts under the tree, I'd find the biggest one and hope that my name was on that gift, right? Uh, we, we wanted the heaviest gift because we thought that that's the greatest. And as I watched my kids as they open up gifts this last Christmas. I, I know Grayson, he, he went over to his presence and, and saw that he had the big gift. So he thought he had the best gift. As we get older and we, we become adults, most of the time, and I know at our uh, Christmas party here at the church, we go for the smallest gift because we know that's the money, right? That's the gift card. And so we want the smallest gift. And so we, we have all these different opinions of of, of how we value gifts. And when we think about it, we, 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 uh, we can picture it in our mind. And how, how let me ask the, you the question this morning, how do you measure the value of a gift? Is it by the, the, how big it is or how heavy that gift might be, or maybe the cost of that gift or the uniqueness of that gift, maybe the quality or maybe the quantity? Um, how do you value a gift, and we all value gifts differently. But what I'd like to do this morning is look 
at the gift that God gave us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that gift is far superior than any gift that you received this Christmas. Far superior than the gift that you've ever received in your entire lifetime. And the Apostle John tells us that God's gift to us is His Son, Jesus. This gift is a person, right? At Christmas, we remember this person who was born over 2,000 years ago. And some here today might wonder, why is, why is it so important, this child? Why is this one birth? Why is it such a big deal uh, that, that, that this child was born and he was put in a manger over 2,000 years ago? I mean, why all of the songs? Why all of the carols? Why all the lights? Why all of the extremely cheesy Hallmark movies? Right? Why all of these things for one child that was born over 2,000 years ago, far away in the Middle East? Why is this so important? I mean, millions of babies are born each and every year here in the United States alone. Why is this one child so special? Why do we sing about one single child who was born so many years ago. What's the big deal? Why is this gift so valuable? And I want us to look at the value of this gift. Truly the greatest gift ever given. Number one, I want us to see in this passage of scripture, we see the value of this gift from God. It is seen in the motive. It is seen in the motive. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says this, in this was manifested the what church? love of God toward us. In verse number 10, it says, herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. Listen, these verses from 1 John, it tells us the motive behind God's gift to us. What is that motive, church? It's love. The gift that He gave was motivated by love. The birth of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas was the manifestation of God's love. And you understand that that love of God did not come out of response of love that we had toward God. It's not that God looked down at us and said, oh, they've done so much for me. They've given so much to me, so I'm going to give back to them. No, this love was completely initiated by God. He looked down on us and he saw that we had no hope and he had to send his son Jesus. And that's exactly what he did. Out of his love toward mankind. Listen, there are many reasons that God sent His Son. You see, Jesus would reveal God's nature. Jesus would come to bring salvation. Jesus would come to bring glory to the Father. But I believe the greatest and the sweetest reason that God sent His Son was because He loved us. He loved us. Listen, it wasn't for Himself, right? It wasn't for Himself. The Bible says, in this was manifested the love of God toward who? Us. He loved us. Listen, all of us have received gifts where we, where we have questioned the motive. Right? Now don't say that you haven't done that before. Alright? We've all received gifts that we have questioned the motive of that gift. Right? It doesn't matter how incredible the gift is if the motive of the giver is somehow in question, the value of that gift goes down in our mind. Let's just be honest for a minute. Right? We, we, if it's in question, the motive of the gift giver, then the value of that gift goes 
down in our mind. The motive can be guilt or obligation, right? This person gave me a gift, so now I feel obligated to give a gift. That's the wrong type of motive. Maybe the gift is a desire to, for other people to see how wealthy you are or how generous you can be, right? Uh, sometimes the motive to give a gift is to receive a gift, <laughs> right? I'm going to give a gift to hopefully I'll receive a gift. And these motives, no matter how great the gift might be or how expensive it might be, it diminishes the value of that gift. But you see, on the other hand, if a gift is motivated, motivated by love, it doesn't really matter if it's made out of popsicle sticks you love it. Right? I, I think of my kids. My, Violet brought me a little picture th this morning and brought it into my office, and it's a picture of a pizza on a spaceship. But you know what? That meant something to me, right? Because she did it because she loves dad. These gifts that we receive, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you receive a gift from someone and you know that person doesn't have much when it comes to material things, but they still give out of a, out of a heart of love. That type of gift means so much. The value of that gift, no matter how big or how expensive or how inexpensive it might be, it is valuable to you. Why? Because it was given out of love. And understand today, when God sent His Son Jesus to this earth, He did it out of love. And He still loves you today. He still loves you today. Listen, God, you understand that God knows us perfectly? He knows everything about us. The psalmist said that all things are open and laid out before Him. You see, our darkest secrets, the things that we would never tell a soul, God knows those things. Our deepest shame, the things that, that, that we think of that bring us shame, that we've never shared with anyone else, God knows those things. Our deepest, uh, listen, our darkest secrets, this, our stormy past, the things that sometimes uh, help hold us captive, our, our past, we look at those things and, and, and we, we think that we can't serve God and we can't be used of God. You know God knows those things in your past. Our worst thoughts, our hidden motives, our vilest imaginations. Listen, even our vain attempts to cover all of those things up and try to appear something that we are not. God sees all of that. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, in that he saw our deepest shame, he saw our darkest secrets, he saw our, our stormy past, and even though he saw all of those things, yet he died for us. Why? Because he loved us. You see, that's a gift that we cannot deny this morning. Because it was motivated by love. It's a gift that we shouldn't reject this morning. It is a gift that was given to us with only one reason, and that reason was love. God's love for you and for me. First of all, we see that this gift is so valuable. This greatest gift ever given is valuable. It's seen. The value is seen in the motive, but also, number two, it is seen in the cost. It is seen in the cost. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says this, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. Now, sometimes we don't really necessarily think of that as being a cost, but it was. 
God sending his, his son, God leaving his throne and coming to the world. A world that is filled with sin. A world that is filled with destruction. You understand when Jesus came, he came as God. Can I get an amen this morning? When Jesus came, he came as God. But the Bible says, but he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Listen, the God from heaven left his throne and came here to be a servant. That's an incredible cost. And a lot of times we don't look at that as being such a cost, but God stepped down from his throne. Jesus said goodbye to everything that he had known in heaven. That, my friends, was costly. But he didn't stop there. Look at verse number, verse number 10. There was a greater price that needed to be paid. John says in verse number 10, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation right there, that meaning is it means that Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen, only through Jesus can we find forgiveness. Only through Jesus can we find redemption. Only through him. Listen, that means that there, there was a cost in him emptying himself. Yes, he left his throne. Yes, he came here to be a servant but also there was an even greater cost in his death. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, in order for us to be free from sin, in order for us to be free from death, a payment had to be made. We find that all throughout the Old Testament, it was the blood of a perfect lamb that was shed year after year to pay for the sins of God's people. But God knew that that, that, that sacrifice would not, would not be sufficient for all of eternity. So God had a once and for all solution. I'm going to send my son, the greatest gift that is ever given, the perfect lamb of God. I'm going to send him to you, and he's going to shed his blood to be the remission for your sin to be the payment for your sin. Listen, that's what the angel was talking about when he said to Joseph, he will save his people from their sins. Understand that Jesus didn't do that through his birth. He did it through his death. Through his death on the cross. See, at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but we also must remember the purpose for which he came. Right? We must remember the purpose for which he came. He came, Jesus came on a mission. He came to die for us. The birth of Jesus is a wonderful thing. It's a, a, a very mysterious, but it's all for naught if we lose sight of the death of the cross. You see, our all over his birth isn't just that he came, but that he came to die for you and for me. Jesus came, and when he came, he came with a purpose, with a, with a meaning. Listen, this gift that was given by God to us was motivated by His love toward us. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? This gift was motivated by love, but it also cost so much. God in heaven had to leave His throne and come to this earth to be a servant. 
to live a sinless, perfect life to pay the ultimate price of giving his life. We see the value of this gift, the greatest gift ever given. We see the value by its motive. The value of this gift is seen in the cost, but then lastly, the value is seen in the purpose. In the purpose. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says this, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Here it is, that we might live through him. That we might live through him. Listen, God's gift has the ultimate practical value in that it gives us life. Life in this sense, it doesn't mean physical existence. It means spiritual life, eternal life with God that starts, listen, at the very moment that you receive this wonderful gift, the very moment that you receive Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior is the very moment that He gives you life. This eternal life, and let me mention this, it's eternal life, which means that it cannot be taken away from you. Forever, saved for all of eternity. Later in this letter, John writes this in in, in chapter 5, verses 11 through 12, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, and he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm thankful today that because Jesus gave His life, I can have eternal life. The Bible says that those who do not have Jesus do not have life. Are you here this morning and say, hey, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. I've never received the greatest gift that has ever been given. If that's you here this morning, know today that you can have life through Him. I got a couple of people that agree with me this morning. Listen, back in the book of Daniel, Daniel was given a great amount of information regarding the world empires, especially Greeks and the, the Greeks and the Romans. But he was also given a timetable as to when the arrival of the Messiah could be expected. In Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 through 26, I'll I'll read this scripture. It says this, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. He says, listen, this is when you need to expect the Messiah coming says, the street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So listen to what it says, but not for himself. The Messiah shall be cut off. The Messiah should die, but not for himself. Listen, Daniel received information about more than just the timing of Christ's coming. He was also given a clear description of the purpose to die, to be cut off, but not for his own sins. Because why? He knew no sin. He he was cut off for our sins. He would be a ruler. He would be a prince. But more than that, Jesus would be a sacrifice. This was all part of God's plan even before the foundation of the world. There could be no salvation. There could be no eternal life. There could be no life purpose apart from the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it this way. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. 
Jesus came. Hey, why? So that they, so that you and I could have life. And not just any life, but to have it more abundantly. What a promise. Not just a life, not just existence, but eternal life. Life which means something. Life that has worth. Life with purpose. Life with which has value. Life with meaning. A life with eternal consequences and benefit. God's gift of His Son had a great purpose, and that was to give us life. Listen, we need more smiles on our faces this morning, right? We have life. God has given us life. Eternal life. What an incredible thing. He came to give us life, despite our weaknesses, despite our sin. He gives us meaning and value and purpose. Listen, God has given us the gift of his son. Truly, we can say it is the greatest gift ever given. Truly, we can say on this Christmas season, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. The value of that gift in Jesus, it's seen in its motive. I'm thankful that God loved us first. And because he loved us, now we love him. I'm thankful that he sent his son because he loved us so much. The value of this greatest gift ever given is seen in the cost. Yes, Jesus humbled himself and became a servant for you and for me. Not only that, but he went to the cross. He gave his life. Why? Because the purpose of that gift was to give us life. Eternal life. It is said that every year, millions of dollars of gifts will either go totally unopened, thrown into the garbage, or returned. Or we could add this, re-gifted, right? You ever done that? It is said that these gifts, millions of gifts, gifts will go returned. It will be thrown into the garbage. But I wonder if God's gift to you has been opened. Listen, today and through his scripture, he, he gives us, the, he shows us the gift, right? But we have to take that gift. And just like we did at Christmas, Christmas Eve, whenever you celebrated, you had to take that gift and you had to receive it. And just like this gift that God has given, we have to receive it. You have to decide, hey, what am I going to do with this gift? The greatest gift that has ever been given. Will I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? What does it mean? What does it mean to receive the gift? It, is, it means that you must come to a point in your life where you say, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Because of my sin, there's a penalty, and that is to be eternally separated from God. But the story doesn't end there. He sent his son. He sent the gift, and we must take it, and we must receive it. And when we do, you know what happens? Immediately, he gives us eternal life. The purpose of this gift is eternal life. Listen, praise God for Jesus. Let me try that one more time. Praise God for Jesus. 
the greatest gift that has ever been given. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.